Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. Wheeler, Adweek's 2022 Creator Agency of the Year. The creator economy? What is that and why should you care? Is the world of cosplay and fan fiction a help or headache for mainstream entertainers? And what happens when creators express themselves not with original content, but by riffing on their favorite books, music, and movies? Well, today we're talking to someone who might have a very good idea. Jamie Bilotti, who is the founder and CEO of Fan to Band and the Mutual Agency, which gives super fans of top musicians a platform to voice their ideas and insights. On this episode of Everything is Better with Creators podcast, we'll find out what happens when popular bands give their biggest fans the keys to the car. So buckle up and let's get moving. Roll that intro, please. Everything is better with creators, the podcast that takes a deep dive into all things creator economy. Produced and presented by Whaler. Whaler, we power the creator economy. With your hosts, Ashley Rudder, Emma Harmon, Jamie Goodfriend, and Marco Batozzi. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Everything is Better with Creators. I'm Ashley Rudder, your guide to all things happening in the creator economy. Every week, myself or my colleagues, Marco Bertozzi or Jamie Goodfriend or Emma Harmon, will be hosting this podcast. Up next, on our Whaler Watch, we have Whaler's Creator Partnerships Executive, Riley Noons, whose fangirl wisdom allows her to have a front row seat to casting amazing talent for all of our active campaign projects and being one of the key relationship holders between our agency partners and creators. Whaler Watching. Everything is better with creators. Hello, and welcome back to a special segment of Whaler Watch. My name is Riley Noons, Whaler's resident professional fangirl, Gen Zer, and creator partnerships executive. Growing up as a creative, shy kid who moved around a lot, it was so hard for me to make friends and relate to others my age. But after discovering YouTube right before the platform took off, it changed my life. I would have never thought that six years ago while I was running my Tyler Oakley fan account on Twitter and making art for my favorite creators, I would end up where I am now. The idea of fandom and its culture that surrounds it is constantly overlooked. 
the act of creating a fan page is no longer childish, but an act of resourcefulness, creativity, and dedication. The majority of the most innovative and sparkling ideas that can enhance your campaigns or talent can be found right in front of you in these communities if you just take the time to listen. Fans are the next generation of executives who will use their knowledge to fill in the gaps in the entertainment industry. If every marketing team wants to be in the know of what is popular and up and coming, who better to team up with and call the shots than the people you are directly marketing towards? From Harry Styles' fan fiction inspiring the film After We Fell, an uptick in Bath and Body Works' false sense going up in sales thanks to the Harry Potter TikTok community, to 2021's movie of the year, record-breaking Spider-Man No Way Home was a fanboy's dream storyline, becoming a worldwide hit that has opened up the doors to the multiverse and the entertainment and marketing industries. There is no reason to guess what your audience wants when they will tell you. Here's the 411 on some fandom facts. NCIs, or Niche Communities of Influence, is the newest buzzword and language to use defined as identifying the leading voices in communities that drive trends and conversations around the world. The first clue to identifying these tastemakers are the audiences that support them. Everyone may not have a favorite sports team, but they will always have a handful of their favorite bands to recommend you at a drop of a hat. Audiences and creators are two sides of the same coin. Content creating is a collaborative practice. All humans crave authenticity and storytelling. Platforms like TikTok, for example, are booming and increasing in popularity for advertising and content creation for that very reason. Becoming comfortable with these communities and fandoms is the most valuable tool brands can have in their toolbox. A brand's audience should be seen as its compass, and a creator's personality is valued over anything. So my advice to brands and marketers is to get out there. Fan conventions are becoming popular just like music festivals and sports games. Make your brand known. Whether through engaging with social content revolving around your brand or product, swag boxes of merch, pop-up events, just become engaging. Make sure to make a presence, because at the end of the day, who runs the world? Fans. Yes. Just a reminder that Everything is Better with Creators is brought to you by Whaler. The Whaler Way combines tech, talent, and creative social strategy to match brands with creators to produce authentic content that people really want to see. Whaler is democratizing the creative process for brands and creators by empowering a global talent network of thousands of influencers, tastemakers, creatives, and storytellers to connect you to your target audience, making advertising more inclusive, diverse, and effective. Check out more at Whaler. That's W-H-A-L-A-R dot com. And now it's time to bring up the headliner. The Big Interview. Everything is better with creators. Hello, hello, Jamie. Welcome to Everything is Better with Creators. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Ever since I saw your name on the schedule, Jamie, I have been so excited to, to talk to you about all of the things fandom because I feel like this is a sleeping giant. Actually, not very much so sleeping, but in terms of people's awareness about it. And so I can't wait to hear uh, all of your thoughts. <laughs> I'm very excited to get into fandom. It is what I talk about all day, every day. So I'm excited to do so here. What are some core memories you can share that led you into or supported your journey from soccer into this entertainment industry, then to fandoms? 
Yeah, so for me, I always grew up being a fan of music, probably more so than all of my friends. Uh, a lot of my family and my friends say I, I never grew out of the stage or the fangirl era, and I hope I never grow out of it. At this point, I don't think I am. But, you know, I played soccer my entire life, like you said, and growing up, I spent most weekends at tournaments, traveling with my parents, making sure that, you know, I really gave my all to the sport. But that made online culture so much more important to me. I came from an extremely middle-class family, super far removed from music, almost had to teach them what the music industry was before they let me work in it. Um, so that was fun. So I actually also went to my first concert really late in my life, 16. I went to go see Katy Perry for one of my best friends, Sweet 16. And I'm almost happier that I saw it later in life because I remember thinking, how did I miss this? And <laughs> I don't remember life before concerts, but I always spoke up for what I believed in, whether that was fandom or anything else. I went to an all-girl high school. So, you know, mm. women empowerment is very, very close to my heart. And I make sure that I carry that throughout everything I do. But really, I heard no one else saying how I felt in terms of the fact that the fan perspective should be respected and the people who did respect it in my career, which I'm so lucky to have, it empowered me to do even better. So I'm out here advocating for it every single day and yes. it's great to see that it's a buzzword, but for me, it's so much more. And I, uh, I plan to work in fan engagement for the rest of my life. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Your experience with a record label yeah. and with, uh, the big idea behind fan to band when did that part happen when did it click that you needed to do something different yeah so before I even get there too I think you know expanding more on the fact that my family is so far from the music industry one thing I wish I learned it's like you know growing up they tell you to dream big but then no one tells you how expensive it is to dream big so when I uh Truth. I applied to all these music industry schools which you know yeah, nobody nobody really tells you how much those are when you're applying. And I was lucky that, you know, my parents guided me along the way and have always given me everything they can. Um, but the schools were expensive. So I went to John Jay College of Criminal Justice, which is a great school, um, just mainly for people who want to be in the FBI. Mm. And I really, really made it a point that I knew I wasn't going to get my music industry education there, but it gave me a business background and I'm so thankful for it and mm. the people I met and the lessons I learned. Um, but it was just as more important to get into those labels. So I applied everywhere I could. I just wanted to learn and I'm still like that. I never lost it. I just wanted to be a sponge and hear different perspectives and I respected everyone so much and I was just as much a fangirl as I was a professional mm -hmm. first there last to leave um, and I credit a lot of my success to the people who had zero obligation to help me but did so anyway and I make sure that that is an active role that I'm playing in other people's careers but in terms of the record labels I was at Sony The Orchard in 2018, interning in performance rights services. Oh, cool. Then I went to Atlantic Records and Radio Promotion after that. And that's wow. really where Fantaband was born. Um, my amazing supervisor, Leslie, at the time, she was also a One Direction fan. Nice. You know, during my interview, she gave me a lot of lessons even before I started. And, you know, the number one thing she taught me was that it was a safe space for me to share my ideas and the fact that I was a fan with her. So I started to do that. And I noticed that being a fan was not something that everyone was okay with. 
of mm. course, not every fan should be a professional, but that doesn't mean that the people who want to be shouldn't be allowed to be, right? Right. So I shared my fan perspective. I was a fan of Why Don't We at the label at the time, still there. And I remember saying what my favorite song was. And then they would ask me more and more about them because they knew I was a fan of them. And I had an amazing experience working one of their meet and greets in 2019 at Radio City. And I met a group of fans where at the time I only had an LLC for fan to band. The premise was creating a platform to empower fans to really expand their careers in a safe and empowering spot. And at that meet and greet was the first group of fans to ever know about fan to band. And I'm proud to say the two people that I really connected with that day, Jess and Cassie, they're both very much in my life. Um, we have this mm. whole great story about how we helped Jess get into the music industry Amazing. by allowing her to start the blog for Fantaban. Uh -huh. And Cassie got our TikTok following up to 25,000 followers on her content alone with our wow. guidance. So both of them are very, very much a huge part of my story. And from there, you know, I had Fantaban been on the side but the pandemic really allowed me the opportunity to scale it so I didn't wake up one morning and be like I'm starting the startup today I called one fan and then two fans and then 10 and then so on and I made sure no matter who I was speaking to I heard them out I wanted to learn their perspectives I very much wanted to learn their goals and I I respected them more than anything and um yeah it's blown up ever since that is wild. Okay, so tell me this. I just need to I need to understand the mindset behind someone having trepidation or, you know, again, obviously old school thought. Um, but what is the trepidation about having a fan work in the industry? Is it that they might not be as professional or because I feel like the insight there would be invaluable? Me and you both couldn't agree more. Uh, but yeah, I've met most of the people who don't understand it. I say there's three different kinds of people in the industry. The people who don't get fan engagement, but they want to learn about it. The people who already know about fan engagement, so they're good to go. And then the people who won't really admit that there's something that they don't know or something that they don't understand. And usually those are the people that use those stigmas to say fan engagement, you know, it's not a real thing. It, it shouldn't be good. Fans shouldn't work on a team. And Listen, as much as I'm here to talk about the positive sides of fandom, of course, there's negative sides. It's like anything in life, right? So mm -hmm. online culture can be a scary place, you know, mm -hmm. navigating, you know, whether you're the kind of person who should work with your favorite artist or take that passion and apply it to other artists' careers. Everyone is different. So I'm very much not for people being pigeonholed. So you know, it's scary. And they use those things against you, those obstacles against you to just make a blanket statement that fans should not work on people's team. And back to the women empowerment sector of it, you know, labeling women as young and hysterical, that's something that's been happening since, mm. you know, the beginning of time. Sure. So it is, it is not a lie to say that that still happens today. It's happened to me many, many times. And at the end of the day, you just have to make sure you surround yourself with people who believe in you. You have to make sure that your priorities are straight and that you're not really willing to compromise what you want to go after for, you know, the ideas of anybody else. So young, hysterical fangirl, if that's how you think would be great. I know that I am an empowering CEO. I've started two companies at this point. 
and we've placed over 200 people in jobs. And at the end of the day, that makes way more noise than anyone who's telling me otherwise. And I really, really try to advocate for that because at the end of the day, it never feels good. Whether you're just getting started, you've been in the industry forever, it never feels good when someone says those kinds of things to you. So we just try to create a community where people can lean on each other when that does happen. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps to connected TV and off-site media across web and social to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. That's right, Jamie. You better let them know who you are. Whoa, what you are saying is so powerful. You have overcome so much bias, and not only for yourself, you're just leaving the door open for so many to make an impact through fandom. And there's so much value around someone who is deeply entrenched in a talent's career and the community that surrounds them. That is truly the purpose behind all of this art, right? Is who it affects. And the fans are the ones who are bankrolling the entire system. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm like, we are on a hot streak, Jamie, with this topic. So now I have to know that when it comes to this demographic behind fandoms, which is, like you said, mostly young girls, tell us why should studios be leaning into this consumer base? Yeah, well, it's simple. The answer is in the audience, and the audience holds key information on how to properly cater to them, work with them, how they feel. I'm a big, big believer that age, gender, and location does not properly define an audience. Although it's a lot of great information, you know, coming from digital, I'm fully aware of how important that information is to be utilized in many different ways. But when I look about look at myself, I know it does not properly define who I am, how I consume content, why I consume content, how I engage with others, what resonates with me. So when you pay attention to an audience in a way that is more than just age, gender, and location, you fully get to know them. And because fan engagement is such a buzzword right now, I'm sure you've heard many people saying the fan experience, right? The fandom experience. And 
in my brain, that's like saying the human experience. It's so vague and every single fan is completely different from the next and taking the time to truly understand what kind of people or consumers, however you want to talk about them, are in that audience will make up how you move, ebb and flow with that audience. So leaning into it is the number one thing you can do. And I mean, I've always been one in terms of young girls. Like I didn't realize I had the answers until I started working in these buildings. I mean, I had a lot of the foundation to the everyday jobs I was doing. I was in these labels looking at radio charts and, you know, reading media base. And I remember calling in the radios to play the Jonas Brothers for the first time or five seconds of summer. And, you know, I would try to watch the charts and keep my finger on the pulse. And they're like, you know what all this is? How? I was like, oh, you know, I made sure that, you know, the Jonas Brothers were getting on the radio, this, that, and the other thing. Jane, I think it would be incredibly helpful if you could uh, let us know if there are hierarchies of fandom. You know, is fandom the same thing as a Stan community? Is there a deeper dive here? Like, what language should our listeners know about fandoms? Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely a hierarchy. I would say the best way to explain it is there's your everyday, let's use Twitter, for example, your everyday profile where you have your own name, your own picture. That's just a profile. Then you have a stand account where it might be a name associated with the fandom. It might be, you know, a different photo with your name or a different name with your photo. And it's dedicated to really believing in that one person. Then there's also these stan accounts that aren't necessarily update accounts, but they become influencers in their own right because they travel all over the world. They're extremely well-known. They know every fan. Um, There's a lot in the Shawn Mendes fandom, the Justin Bieber fandom. Um, Surprisingly, you know, I love seeing cross-pollination of different fandoms. Like sometimes those people are the same people if they stand more than one person. Mm. Then there's the accounts that do stand more than one person. So there could be the combination. Um, Then there's the update accounts who, you know, are the next wave of media in my, you know, mind Mm. where they create social followings of true authentic community that is less filtered and more of the people. And that's just baseline. There's so many subsets of what goes into fandom, but it's super interesting to see more and more niches come out of, you know, utilizing different social platforms, for example, update accounts and stand accounts on TikTok. You mm. know, they're able to create content in a way that Twitter never allowed them to. So ah. it's been super interesting seeing that. Tell me more about the entire premise of band to band just so that we all can understand exactly what all you're working on and even share things in the future that's uh in in the line of sight that you can share with us yeah i'm happy to do so so fan to band was something different at many points over the past two years and i like to say we were what our community needed so when we started it was a way for people to point to our socials and say fan engagement is a real thing. Take me seriously. And we've actually had people come up to me at colleges and say, my parents let me come here because I showed them on Fantaband that fan engagement was a real thing. And of course, that made me cry. And then in addition to that, when the pandemic hit, everybody wanted to learn. And we learned about the lack of resources in different countries outside of the U.S. that had really no way for people to get started in the music industry. 
So we made sure we filled that gap and we had bi-weekly workshops, monthly panelists, you name it, people wanted to learn. We had amazing clubhouses with over 400 people. We trended on Twitter with amazing fan projects. And then as the world started to open up a bit, we did a really great job at placing people in jobs. So half of the community wanted to learn, half of the community was in jobs. And you saw this amazing ecosystem of them helping each other. One of my mentees from the 1520 mentorship program run by Stacy. It's amazing. If you haven't heard of it, go check it out. Amazing. She was based in Canada. And I learned that there was a group chat from everybody in Canada from Fantaban that started helping each other. Half of them worked at the labels, half of them wanted internships. And this was something I didn't even know about. Wow. So it's been amazing. And I do want to shout out the fact that Fantaban just brought on an amazing new group of leadership who's going to be sitting in the driver's seat with me and scaling it beyond words. We have an amazing activation throughout the summer with Skyline Drive-In in Brooklyn, where we're going to be doing the Stand Summer Series. We're going to mm. be doing multiple uh, drive-in movie nights for fandoms in association with some great, great anniversaries. And it's going to be so amazing to see people come together in a safe way again, when we haven't been able to in so long. And they're pitching for new speakers and new workshops and collaborations within international universities and making sure that, you know, many different people of many different backgrounds are feeling represented and that they are actually represented, you know, making sure we're doing on the ground work. So I'm inspired by them daily and it's really easy to work hard when you're surrounded by an amazing group of individuals. It sounds like it. I mean, I want to be an intern, <laughs> yeah. Jamie, come on. Like that's, <laughs> It just, it sounds, it sounds like an incredibly energetic space. And I have to also shout out to Riley Noons on my team. She is also a big part of a fandom. And when I tell you her energy is magnetic, it's, I call her my unicorn angel queen because she just is so tapped in and dialed in. And so again, I just can only imagine what a space filled with even more people just like you and just like it's like a million Rileys trust me (laughs) I mean when yeah I'm very familiar in terms of it's so great to see her also you know not compromise fandom and really really advocate for it I think she's a great great example of someone who does that extremely well so yes I emphasize everything you said shout out Riley yes Now, Jamie, I have to ask you about this. I recently read about this team that you have built, and I believe the term that was used was virtual street team. Uh, Yes, that's it. That you have a virtual street team of 1,300 plus members in over 30 countries. That is bonkers. What in the heck is that? And how does it work? And did you find them all on social? Yeah, so we're actually up to 1,730 countries now. We've had over 7,000 applicants, but... We have no technology as of yet. We're currently building it. Uh, We've been hosting it out of Discord and Facebook. So virtual street team, that came about. So uh, in terms of marketing, right, I always want to use verbiage that's familiar to fandom. And street team, that's a term that we're all familiar with. You know, it's a sense of coming together to really push, you know, an agenda. And And our agenda is making sure that fans feel empowered and that they have the resources to give them the confidence to do so. So in the pandemic, there was no in-person street team. So we made a virtual street team, which allowed us to reach people in so many different countries. Wow. 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 That is 
Thank you. That's <laughs> incredible. That's absolutely incredible, Jamie, because, you know, the passion is one thing, but understanding a business, understanding all of the logistics that go into creating a successful experience for a community, there's a lot of moving parts there. And so, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I can, I, my hat goes off to you and I'm so excited for you in this business because like you said, you are definitely teaching a person to fish rather than giving a person a fish. And that's just going to Thank you. play out so beautifully in their life. Oh my gosh, this is crazy, Jamie. I'm loving this. You have been an absolute joy to speak with and I just can't thank you enough for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I'm so, so excited to, you know, support everything you guys do. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard and will come along with us as we navigate this journey to the promised land of the creator economy. Make sure you subscribe or follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you like to listen to audio. And of course, we'd love a rating and review if you get the op. And special thanks to Jamie Bellotti for joining us. Make sure to check out more from Whaler and all things at the intersection of a talent network, partnerships, technology, and creativity at whaler.com. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. For Everything is Better with Creators, I'm Ashley Rudder. We'll catch you next time. with creators is produced by whaler whaler we power the creator economy learn more at whaler.com whaler ad week's 2022 creator agency of the year if you expect your media investment to deliver clear measurable results walmart connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media? Meaningful Connections.